Hey, this is Matthew Pryfogel. Thanks for tuning in to the Thrive Ministries podcast. I hope you like it. I hope it brings you encouragement and brings you closer in your walk with Christ. This week, we're going to turn the spotlight on our relationships and not just with our our spouse or significant other or whatever, but I'm talking relationships with your families, coworkers, and most importantly, our relationship with Jesus. I think it's though, I, I think it's good to talk about these relationships with each other because it's those close relationships uh, where people tend to see who we really are, right? It's those relationships where people see us uh, when we're stressed out, uh, when we're cranky, and honestly, when we're not at our best. And, you know, I heard recently that um, when we're at a place in our lives and we could be having a bad day or whatever, but but sometimes we lash out at people, you know, and oftentimes we, we treat people poorly, but it's not them. You know, if I'm having a bad day, I would not lash out at someone at church like I do my wife sometimes. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't lash out at a at a random stranger like I do my kids sometimes. So so why do I do it to my wife? Why do I lash out at her? Because I know she'll forgive me. All right now can you imagine if I if you're new to our church and 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 I walked up to you and I just were like, you know, why are you sitting here? You need to sit over there. You know what if I did that to you? You would never come back, right? You would never, we'd never see you again. But my wife, I know, I know she's going to forgive me. Now, speaking of forgiveness, um, I want to talk some football. Namely, the Chicago Bears. And this will all make sense in a second. But mainly the Chicago Bears. And if you're not a Bears fan, please bear with me. <laughs> um Stick with me because this will all come together, I promise. But um, the Bears, they have one of the most loyal, dedicated, diehard, most intense fan bases in the NFL, right? I mean, that's that's a, a that's a fact. I mean, there's it's hard to argue against the level of loyalty that Bears fans have to their team, and it's all across the country. You know, no matter where you go, you're going to find Chicago Bears fans. Um, now, if you ever notice, if you ever talk to a Bears fan, they use words like us and we. And, you know, well, when we ran that one play, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or, man, when we picked up so-and-so, that really, you know, it's us. We're family. We're, we're part of this group, right? They take ownership and their favorite team. They take pride in being affiliated with the Chicago Bears. Does that make sense? Um, and this was a, it was an up and down year for the Bears, but um, they, they made it into the playoffs. They had a, I don't remember what their record was, but uh, they were playing against the Eagles, who won the Super Bowl last year, who they had their own up and down season as well. But, um, the, the game, it was the first game of the playoffs, the wild card round. And the game would ultimately come down to a field goal. Now, I know <laughs> if you saw the game, uh, it was it was the most bizarre thing in the world. But, but it came down to this field goal to win the game and move on or go home. 
Now, the Bears kicker is this guy named Cody Parkey. Um, Cody, from what I could tell, um, about an 86% field goal average. All right, so that, that's not bad. He's actually um, selected for the Pro Bowl a few years back. So, so he's he's a decent kicker. You know, if you make the Pro Bowl, you're probably a decent kicker. But, but this season, we'll just say that Cody has had some troubles. Okay, we'll just... <laughs> Leave it at that. But um, the other night, the balance of this game, whether or not the Bears move on in the playoffs, rested in Cody's foot, and he missed the field goal. Now, it was later on determined it was partially blocked. But you're a Bears fan. All you see is Cody kick the ball. It goes off one upright, comes down, and it hits the other upright. Game over. Bears lose. All right, Eagles will move on. The rest is history. All right, now, I was going to scour the internet for some of the backlash that Cody was receiving after this happened. Um, The problem was most of it was completely inappropriate for um, most circumstances, let alone this podcast. Um, But let me just say that the whole notion of the Bears fan base being United and supportive of their kicker was absolutely out the window that Sunday night, right? It's like, it's like, I'll be there for you until you mess up. Then I'm out. We're good. We're brothers. I will stick by you until the very end. Unless you trip up, then I'm going to turn my back on you and say the worst things imaginable about you. We're okay until you mess up and then we're done. And that's what was going on. That would that seemed to be the attitude of a lot of the Bears fan base towards Cody Parkey. And what kind of attitude is that? You know, honestly, what kind of attitude is that? But here's the thing, that that's kind of the attitude that we we have with with each other, right? I mean, but here's the thing, let's take that a step further. What if that was the relationship you had, if you have kids, what if that was the relationship you had with your kids? Now, I'm, I'm guessing you may have been a kid at one point in your life. What if that was the relationship your parents had with you? It'd be, it'd be over before you know it. I mean, you ever look at your kids, they do something and you're like, what are you doing? Why? Why are you doing this? What are you thinking? I mean, if we disown our kids every time they messed up, I mean, it'd be ugly, right? I know this kid. I know this guy. And he gave me permission to use this story. But um, when he was a kid, his dog bit him on the face. And they have have this dachshund. And I I know dachshunds can be kind of ferocious. They can be um, pretty ill-tempered sometimes. And I'm thinking, all right, well, you probably deserved it if the dog bit you on the face. And... um, He's like, yeah, I was like two and the dog was asleep and I thought it would be a good idea to go up to the dog while while she's asleep or whatever and get in its face and scream, boo! You know, so the dog is startled and immediately attacks whoever's in front of him, which was this dude's face. But it's like, if I'm, if I'm his parent, I'm like, what are you thinking, man? What are you doing? Why, why, why are you doing this? Now, as far as I know, his parents did not disown him and immediately kick him out to the curb. But I want you to think about this. What if 
what if that was the relationship that God has with us, right? What if God was cool with us until we messed up? You know, what if we, what if he was okay with us doing whatever until we really messed something up and then <laughs> you're on your own, pal. I mean, if that was how God treated us, man, we would have no faith. We'd have no hope. We'd have no joy. That's because God doesn't act like we do. His ways are not his ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. But the problem, though, is that is how oftentimes we treat God. Oftentimes, our whole relationship with God is like that. I'm okay with you, God, until something goes wrong. God, I'm okay with you until something in my life doesn't go the way I thought it should go. I'm okay with you until someone I know has cancer. I'm okay with you until I wake up and see that an entire family is killed in a house fire. We're cool, right? We are cool until my grandma gets Alzheimer's and can't remember her family. God, I'm okay with you until you miss the field goal. That is a lot of times our relationship with God. But but here's the awesome part. That's not the relationship that God has with us. Isaiah 41.10, this is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. All right? If I were you, go to your Bible, go to your Bible app, whatever. Highlight this. Okay, because when you are going through something bad, when you are stressed out, when you feel like you have no hope, go to this verse, Isaiah 41.10. This is God speaking to Isaiah, and he says this, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I love that, man. I love that. Because you know what? We messed up. I mean, I, I know we think we're perfect. I know we think that, that we're as good as it gets, but we aren't, man. We are We are far from it. And from the very moment sin entered this world, from the very moment we messed up in the Garden of Eden, from that very moment that Adam and Eve brought sin into planet Earth, God had a plan for us. And his plan was not to turn his back on us. His plan was not to leave us alone and leave us for dead. His plan was not to call us the worst names he could think of. Instead, he had this plan and he came up with it, seems like, on the spot. He came up with a plan that would strengthen us and uphold us in his righteous right hand. He gave us our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's because his relationship with us is above our understanding. His relationship with us is an example of what absolute, unconditional love looks like. His relationship with us is an example of how we should be with one another. Because here's the thing, and I want you to remember this, and I want you to to hold on to this. Because here's the thing, when we were at our worst, God gave us his best. When we were at our worst, God gave us his best. We teed it up, we missed the field goal. But God didn't go around telling everyone what pathetic 
creatures we are. He gave us his best in the form of Jesus Christ. And even though we deserve to be called names and be left for dead, he still gave us his best. Now, let me ask you this, and this could be real uncomfortable, but I need you to ask yourself, are you giving your best to those around you? Are you giving your best to your wife? Are you giving your best to your husband, your mom, your dad, your kids? Are you giving your best to those closest to you? Or do you sometimes find yourself lashing out at them because you're having a bad day and you know they're going to forgive you? You know, let me tell you a story. My brother, um, I don't want to go into details, um, but my brother went through a time in his life that was that was pretty rough and it was pretty hard. And, I, you know, I didn't reach out to him. I didn't, I didn't offer support. I didn't reach out to him and, and give him any love. And I felt awful about that. And one day I pulled him aside. And I'm like, listen, when you were going through this stuff, you know, I want your forgiveness because I, I wasn't there for you as a brother. And he, you know, we're, we're, we're good, but it, it, it was, it was on my heart to talk to him about this and be like, listen, you know, when you were at your worst, I did not give you my best. And I, I, I'm, I would just love your forgiveness for that. And, you know, we're, we're fine. Everything's cool. But, but here's the thing, man, the world can be hard. You know, there's things that happen all the time that happen every day and you're just beside yourself. You know, sometimes there's things happening in the world and you're like, what is going on? And so when that happens, I get it. When that happens, you lash out at God. And I know it's, it's easy to do that because we live in a broken world. We live in a world that's not perfect. Bad things are going to happen. Someone you know and love gets sick. Someone you know and love gets in a car accident. You lash out at God. But do you lash out at God because you know he'll forgive you? Here's the thing. Go back to Isaiah 41.10. God says, I will strengthen you and uphold you in my righteous right hand. When these things happen, when you go through things and you lash out at God, instead, maybe what you should be doing is giving God your best because of the love, grace, and forgiveness that he gives you, right? Or maybe you're not lashing out at God and getting mad at God. Maybe maybe you're just putting it all out of your mind. You know what I mean? Maybe they're just, they're right there, these people that are closest to you, but you just don't you don't want to deal with it. For whatever reason, you you just don't want to talk about it. You don't want to deal with them. You don't want to, you know, I I remember my wife. My, my, my wife is working on her testimony. Uh, she's going to present it at a thing coming up. And part of her testimony involves an earlier time in our marriage when, if I'm being honest, things weren't so great. And as she's working on this, you know, we had to, we had to go back in time and we had to um, to dig some stuff up. And I remember where my head was at when she was going through some of the things she was going through. And I remember thinking, just get over it, man. <laughs> just get over it. You know, just just come on. 
just, just stop it. You know, I wasn't being the husband I should have been. I wasn't being supportive like I should have been. And, you know, I got to tell you, it's not fun to relive those memories. It's not fun going back to that point in our marriage. I mean, for me, it's embarrassing. I'm ashamed of it. I feel bad. But you know what? I'd rather go through it and learn what I learned so now I can be a better husband. So now I know what it means to give my wife my best. Now I know how important it is to give her my best because, not because I have to do it, but because God gave me his best when I was at my worst. And if I'm giving my wife my best, then I'm glorifying God in what I do. Amen to that. Now, here's the thing, though. That took me a long time to figure out. Because, you know, relationships can be tricky, man. They can be hard. But here's the cool part. God has blessed us with all sorts of instructions on how to deal with one another. He gave us all these great examples of how to navigate these relationships. And I feel like I need to say this because not once in the Bible does it tell us to go move up on a mountain and stay there alone for the rest of our days. Not once does God tell us that the best way to get through life is to build a hut in a forest and live off the grid, not bathing for months at a time. Those are not in the Bible. God does not tell us when we have a hard time with someone to run away from them. But I think a good place to start when we when we talk about relationships uh, as the early church, you know, God spoke through the Apostle Paul and gave him some fantastic words on how we are to be towards one another. And we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 10, uh, 24 and 25. It says this, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. One of the things I notice right off the bat is the choice of plural pronouns, all right? Uh, the word us. Paul is saying that, that being the body of Christ takes all of us. And if we're going to do it effectively, we need to motivate each other to acts of love and good works. We need to encourage each other. I don't know about you, but that sounds like giving each other our best. Now, I wish I wish it were easy, though. I mean, I wish it were easy. I wish we could flip a switch and just ignore all the outside drama that comes seeping in, all the outside influences that start, you know, weighing me down because it becomes real easy to let those things in and they seep their way into, their, into my thoughts. And before I know it, I am not giving my best to the people around me. So I think, I think a great place to start is in this passage in Hebrews 10, verses 24 and 25, because I think there's three really great points on how to build strong relationships. And in, I think it's encourage, meeting, and love. All right, encourage. So how do we encourage those around us? Well, there's a few different things like, like we know what their love language is. Do they respond to receiving gifts, acts of service, words of affirmation, all right, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail with that, but I think you get the gist. Um, but there's things we can do, like, you know, write someone a note offering assistance if they're going through a rough time. 
Instead of, you know, instead of, think of it like this. Instead of saying to someone, let me know if I can help. Say this. Would it help if I brought you dinner? You know, I know you're going through this. Would it help if I made dinner for you guys? You see the difference? That helps, man. That means so much to people. And I thought this was interesting. Also, um, when you introduce someone, add a few words of praise for the person's abilities, accomplishments, about maybe how they've helped you out about, you know, in the nature of your relationship. You know, it's encouraging to be praised in front of others. Okay, so this is my friend, John. John is, is an amazing singer. Every time he sings, oh my gosh, I feel it in my soul. Can you imagine what John would feel if I said that when I were introducing him to my wife or something? I mean, wow, that's, that's a really effective way. You know, I have this friend, he's a, he's a, he's a minister and he is, his gift is encouragement, man. I, I tell you, he has encouraged me more in my ministry than anyone. And it's just, I love it when he's like, you know, you got this, man, you got this. You did awesome. I love it. You know, it's just, it's. It's great, and it's it's so good to get those words from someone else. Uh, another way we give people our best is to meet with them. You know, we, we talked about we're not called to deal with relationships by being alone in a hut in the middle of the woods, just getting away from everybody. We need to spend time with other people. We need to connect with other people. We need to contact with each other. You know, if that's a spouse, make time for date nights having lunch together, whatever. Or if you have kids, maybe make time to spend with them individually. You know, my, my son and I, we, we have this tradition. Every year we go to uh, South Bend and we buy our Notre Dame shirts. They have a new shirt every year. And we, we take a day and we go do it. It's, it's awesome. You know, the, do those kind of things with your kids. Spend time. Remember what it says. Let us not neglect our meeting together. That's because... Building relationships and really connecting with people takes being with them, not over text message or email or FaceTime. You know, you, you got to be in the same room with them. And finally, I, we give each other our best when we love each other. Because once you receive Christ, once you have fully committed to having a relationship with Jesus, and you get it, that when you were at your worst, God gave you his best. God gave you his best out of love. And out of that love for us, we're to give others that same love. Look what it says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart. Now, here's the amazing thing about God. When you open yourself up to his love, his love flows through you to others. That's why when Jesus tells us to love God and love your neighbors, loving your neighbor starts with you and your love for God. Because don't forget, when we were at our worst, God gave us his best. That was true in the Garden of Eden. That it was true at the cross in Calvary, and that is true right now. Again, if God is giving you his best, are you giving your best in all of your relationships? So what's the next step for this? All right, here, here's what I want you to do. This is a practical exercise. What I want you to do is 
write someone a note. All right. Think of someone in your life that has had a big impact on you, either spiritually or financially or just, you know, whatever. You know who it is. If I say someone that's had a big impact in your life, someone is in your mind. Write them a letter. Either tell them what they did for you or show some appreciation. Write them a letter. Drop them a note. It's not hard. Call them up, shoot them a text, whatever. But just take that next step and encourage the people. Thank you for being there for me. All right, take that next step and and reach out to someone. You know, when I was at my worst, you gave me your best. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, let's have a word of prayer. Lord, first of all, we thank you so much that when we mess up, when we are at our worst, that you do not turn your back on us, that you don't kick us to the curb, that you don't call us names. You give us your best. You give us your grace. You give us your love. And through that, we find joy. We find hope. We we find our faith in you because of the love you have for us. When we mess up, when we slip up, you give us your best. Lord, we love you. We thank you for all the blessings that you give us each and every day. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for checking out the Thrive Podcast. We'll try and do these every single week, so stay tuned. Thanks for listening, and God bless.